Ramp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. I think Zach Ertz taking you in the system full season. I think Hollywood Brown playing in our system. And then I definitely Rondell. I mean, he's, he's kind of waited in the wings last year. He was frustrated at times last year with the way I used him, which he should have been, and I understood that. But he's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Bigley and Murata. I think the biggest thing you got to do is, is I'm sure this preparation that he's going through. I think this has been an overstated um, thing, really, because I think that, number one, he wouldn't be out there being a starter quarterback uh, all year long if he wasn't preparing week in and week out. Um, and I think at the same time, I look at Kyler Murray, and he's one of those guys, improvisation is a part of his game. And sometimes the best thing he can do is not overthink it. It's former Steelers coach Bill Cower, football analyst. Not as strong as coming out and saying, hey, leave Kyler Murray alone, suggesting we all leave Kyler Murray Mm -hmm. alone uh, and his preparation process, uh, which let's be quite honest about it. Uh, The first eyeballs on Kyler Murray's preparation landed on that process because of something he said. Uh, It was, you know, there was... You know, lighter fluid and a match thrown on it in that contract addendum. To me, the way I look at this, Bic, is, um, you know, if if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, it's like being a student. There's an assumption that a student in a class is going to study the material. When they show up and they're unprepared, you see the results of it. Mm -hmm. You can tell. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing for an NFL quarterback. This is a pivotal year. I, I, you know, I think... Year four, you can say, you're not new with this anymore. Mm-hmm. You've got three years of starting experience on both bad football teams and good football teams. Um, either you are or you aren't. I think that's where Kyler Murray is in his career. But, you know, you can see the preparation that goes in. And I think Bill Cowher is, is absolutely right that, um, you know, studying is is important for all quarterbacks. I get it. But he also has that element of, of improvisation that other quarterbacks can't le- rely on. And you see when he's in tune with that area of his game, the Cardinals are really, really hard to beat. Uh, yeah, a lot to unpack there. I think that um, I think that as it pertains to what Bill Cowher had to say, I, I, I think in the long run what he's saying, I, I feel it too. I think that unfortunately this independent study addendum in that contract has led to um, everybody remarking to everything Kyler Murray does the exact same way. For instance, um, on Saturday he spent a lot of time signing autographs after practice. Josh Weinfuss tweeted out a picture and the, the the avalanche of responses to it from a lot of the trolls were that's because he doesn't want to study film. Mm-hmm. So everything that happens in the short term is going to get funneled back right through that because that story was so damning on so many levels for so many parties involved that that is the narrative now. So from when Bill for where I side with what Bill Cower is saying is look th- this kid obviously he's not. Uh, polished. He has not learned um, the nuances of being a pro yet, and yet he's been able to do some very, very impressive things very early in his career, doing things the way he's done them. Give the kid a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. I happen to agree with that. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, here's more from Bill Cower. This is from the 33rd Team podcast, by the way. As you get into the league, as you start to study it, as the systems come in and they start to give you more, yeah, the preparation goes into it. So let's just back off. What are they asking him to do? 
If they're asking him just to be Kyler Murray, who's a very talented player, he's done the preparation he needs to put in. But let's not overcoach him. Let's let him be Kyler Murray. So sometimes I think that we have to not just apply a, oh, you should be watching five hours of tape a night. Yeah, I get it. I understand preparation is a big part of it. But also, what are you giving him to do? And what are you asking him to do? I just wish that that, well, that quote had never landed in that New York Times article. Well, yeah, listen, I, I mean, the, the more and more you get away from it, the more and more ridiculous the enforcement of this whole thing would have been had they kept this thing in there. And and once again, the fact that, that Michael Bidwell did not come up with this on his own because it, it just it, it that's not the way something like this would have gone down. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, to me, that's what's behind the curtain here is exactly what led the parties involved to that decision. And and to, to back off of it the way they, do, they did is very, very embarrassing. And it's a, it's a very embarrassing episode for everybody. And it's going to be – and it, it was embarrassing enough where it's going to be trailing this franchise and this quarterback everywhere they go for quite some time. And so, yes, I agree with you. It would be very – it would have been a lot easier – if Kyler Murray would have never said those words to the New York Times, you're absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that clause wouldn't have been in there. Uh, if the Cardinals believed this was a huge issue, then they knew that before the New York Times article. They sure. didn't just wake up one morning. Michael Bidwell didn't just get up and read the New York Times and go, what? My quarterback do- doesn't do what? That's not that. – I'm not buying that. He didn't do the move where he's got the newspaper in front of his right. face. And Shaking. He slow, and he yeah. slowly lowers it. In his right, face. right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, but to use your terminology too, huge. if it's a huge issue, I can't see that being you – know, over, over, being able to overcome that to the point where here's $230 million, but we're going to put this clause in. I, yeah. Those things just will never jive up. No, and, and the fact that – Apparently, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime were trying to dissuade Michael Bidwell from it and couldn't. Well, th- what made Michael Bidwell want to do it so much in the first place? And that the, those are the things that are really hard to square. And they they go away if Kyler Murray, you know, looks prepared and plays prepared and doesn't throw pick sixes from his own end zone. You know, two yard pick sixes, stuff like that. You know, yeah, I mean, because it, un- unfortunately, I I think there was just. Th- I, I think the Cardinals let their emotions really I, – I just think there was just a lot of stuff, a lot of anger got thrown into this stew. You ever had an angry stew, Jarrett? Oh, I love angry stew. Angry stew. You ever had angry <laughs> oh, stew? baby, I yeah. sop that up with a nice piece of – Nice baguette. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Crunchy We baguette. know you love baguettes. I do. I love baguettes. But I like a good stew too. On, on this following – Kyler Murray and this organization, you're absolutely right. There's one way to squelch this, yeah, and that is to come out and play lights out this year. Yeah, um, I I don't know if the Cardinals are equipped to come out and play lights out, and there's a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray to make that happen. But yeah. you know, the, the size of the contract, the addition, and then the the pulling of that addendum, and the timing of the contract with the last time we saw Kyler, Murray, all those things in that angry stew. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, as soon as he throws a pick, it's going to be that. Yeah. Is it fair? Absolutely not. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl last year. He had a stretch of like three straight weeks where he threw a pick six in games that get, just killed his team. Mm-hmm. But he overcame it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah go yeah, back yeah, to yeah. the Sam Darnold thing. What was he known for? Oh, I'm seeing ghosts out there. If Sam Darnold would have improved and become a, a you know a, a decent starting quarterback with the mm-hmm. Jets, nobody would be talking about that. It's still with him in Carolina. Because he never improved. Yeah. 
Yeah, this, so people it, don't forget those. No, labels. and again, it, it's it's not all Kyler Murray, and I think that I think the fact that he felt like he was being scapegoated early on, I think there's something to that. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting too because there are a lot of people who think the Cardinals are, are not very optimistic on what the Cardinals are going to do this year. There's a lot of over unders at seven and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people who are looking and seeing a losing football season for the Cardinals, and if that is true, that's probably more of a reflection of the roster than their quarterback, and yet everybody will blame it on the quarterback. A- See, absolutely. he didn't prepare. You're so right. You are so right. Coming up next, we all can agree the training camp isn't what it used to be in the NFL, but how does Cliff Kingsbury's camp stack up against some others around the league? I'll give you some interesting stuff on that next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash Marks. <laughs> Vic, do you remember when Matt Rule made the jump from college football to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers? I do. I remember having a discussion with you on this very show about, wow, this is a guy who gets it. I thought so. A guy who really killed the press conference and instilled a whole lot of confidence for the whole fan base of the Panthers. He he seemed to me to be the kind of guy that was just going to crush it. Everybody talked about what an impact guy he was in college, mm-hmm. and and I, I really thought that this was going to be the next really super successful head coach in, in the NFL. Fast, and I was wrong. Yeah, fast forward a few years, yeah. and here we are going into the 2022 season. There might not be a hotter seat for a coach in the NFL than Matt Rules right now. And he raised eyebrows with something that happened over the weekend, and he's getting a lot of criticism for it. Um, so Richard Higgins is now with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. He was with the Browns. Uh, so he hooked up with, with, with Baker Mayfield again. During a practice, Mayfield throws a touchdown pass to, or a pass to Higgins, and before he crosses the goal line, he reaches the ball out uh, over the goal line. And that was apparently a no-no. Matt Rule said, uh, we're not a team that reaches the ball across the goal line. I told the guys after you score a touchdown, celebrate, have fun. This isn't a true game, but we're playing it like a game. But celebrate in between the lines. He also then made the entire offense run gassers. Oh, after. <laughs> oh yeah, that's going to go over real well. Yeah, in professional football. Now, we've mm-hmm. seen the Cardinals in recent years have to run gassers, but that was after camp fights when, when Bruce Arians was the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are like, come on, what, what are you doing? Now, I will say this. There's a little basis for this, maybe specifically with Richard Higgins. Do you remember the playoff game between the Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. When uh, B- Baker Mayfield threw a pass, it was right before halftime, he threw a pass to Higgins, and when he got close to the goal line, he reached the ball out, and they ruled it a fumble through the end zone because it got knocked out of his hand. So mm-hmm. there, there might be a little bit of a basis, but... I agree with, with with what you said. That's not going to go over well with professional athletes, especially no. in August. No, no. They, again, this, there are better ways to go about that. And, and, and granted, you could, your message might be correct. If you're a football coach that lost a possession, lost a touchdown due to showboating around the goal line, you want to make it. You want to make a firm um, declaration of of how we're not going to be the football team that does that. You do not make a football team run gassers in August over an end zone 
Stone celebration. That to me, uh, that that's a sign of of trouble. That's that's something that Matt Rule that that tells me that Matt Rule's got bigger issues than just this. People have had a field day with this. It's like, oh, Matt Rule has problems with end zone celebrations. Well, I guess he's not going to have to worry about that a lot <laughs> with Baker Mayfield. Good thing he's got Bakes. Doesn't have to worry about all those touchdowns. Where do you think he ends up in his next college job? Yeah, that's that to me. Um, that's that's not a good football n- team. It, no, and that's that's not a good look from a head coach. You've got you've got to be able to, you know, you got to treat them like men on some level. There's got to be a more effective way of communicating that message. And again, I talk about the need for there to be an element of discipline and to be an element of fear. But that that's nonsense. Yeah. Running gassers because a guy showboats a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure now the, you offense, got everybody. the offensive linemen were real pleased, I'm sure. Now you got people ticked off at Rashard Higgins. You got people ticked off at Matt Rule. You got, yeah. yeah. Especially when you don't have the resume to do that. Like if you're Bill Belichick. It's different. It's exactly. different. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. He's too busy taping tennis balls to people's hands. Uh, (laughs) The Jimmy Garoppolo Mm -hmm. situation continues. He's still a member of the San Francisco 49ers, although everybody knows what the conclusion of this is going to be. They just don't know when. Ian Rappaport from NFL Network had some uh, intel on that situation, and one of the things that's holding it up. Where is he going to get traded? And the 49ers have been very clear about saying that they plan to trade him, obviously not going to be with the team this coming season. My understanding, though, right now is there is no clear trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo. Look around the NFL. Think of who could take on that salary. Think of who needs a starting quarterback. There isn't any clear option. Maybe uh, one quarterback either doesn't develop like everyone thinks or maybe there is an injury, then one might develop. But as of now, a little bit of a waiting game. So when could this happen? Ian Rappaport says, don't hold your breath. So how long are the 49ers willing to wait? From my understanding, they're willing to wait all the way to cutdown day. And in fact, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for the 49ers to, let's say, move on from Jimmy Garoppolo now, because what if another quarterback gets hurt or what if there is some sort of need? It sounds like they're going to hold on to him as long as possible just to see if any trade market develops before eventually and likely moving on from him. Yeah, who gets traded like, first, Kevin qu- Durant or Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good question. How many quarterbacks get, are going to get hurt between now and cutdown day? I wouldn't think a lot. I, if you if there was value in holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo, it would be through the first couple months of the season, which the 49ers can't afford to do. Right, you can't have him sitting on the bench no. when Trey Lance is th- you know turning the ball over mm-hmm. three times a game. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, Let's say the Trey Lance part of that equation happens and he he struggles and you do trade Jimmy Garoppolo and you have Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy behind him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, That's I know. Look, we're all rooting for Brock Purdy, good Arizona kid trying to make it in the league, but he's a third string rookie quarterback right now. Who yeah. bar- he was Mr. Irrelevant. He barely got drafted. Yeah, I saw some uh, I saw some footage over the weekend of of and all these 49er fans boasting that wow, Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk, they have such a connection now. And I'm like, okay, here we again, it's the optimism of preseason football. Everybody has a great connection going on right now. And then, you know, 16 teams after week one will be like, the season's over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the way it works, man. Uh, Kareem Hunt in Cleveland Browns training camp again after a hold in. 
He demand, or, uh, requested a trade. The Browns said, nope. Uh, here's more from Jake Trotter on that whole situation in Cleveland. Yeah, so Kareem Hunt wants a new contract. He's going into last year of his deal. He signed a, a two-year extension a couple of years ago. He, you know, he wants a new deal or he wants to be traded, and it doesn't look like he's going to be granted the latter, and I don't think he's going to be granted the former either at this point. So we're a little bit of a holding pattern with Kareem Hunt. He was in a quote-unquote hold-in for a couple of days there where he wasn't participating in team drills. Uh, Browns had practice earlier on Sunday, and he was back to participating in team drills again. So, you know, Kareem Hunt, his versatility really brings a skill set that they can't really replicate. And so they they want him to be on the field this year, but, you know, the Browns are paying out major money to guys like, obviously, Deshaun Watson and Chubb and Amari Cooper now. Um, You know, they're just a little bit limited in what they can do. Uh, It would not surprise me if this were the final season of Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. And, you know, at this point, I don't think we can write off the possibility of a trade at this point as well. Yeah, when Kareem Hunt is healthy and Nick Chubb is healthy, that's mm-hmm. arguably the best one-two punch at running back pretty good. in the league because uh, they're both, you know, Chubb's just a, a bowling ball. And, and you heard Jake Trotter there talk about Kareem Hunt's versatility. But they do have other good players. I mean, Hunt was out for a while last year. Dearness Johnson came in and averaged 5.3 yards a carry behind that offensive line. And with the whole Deshaun Watson uh, situation still up in the air on when he's going to be back, if he's going to be back, they're going to have to lean very heavily on those running backs. So probably a smart move for the Browns to say, just get here. Yeah, listen, and again, I, I'm not sure this is – it's kind of late in the game for a running back or any player to kind of – to pull that ploy that Kareem Hunt did. It seems like seems like a rash decision, not very well planned out. Yeah, like yeah. did you not get around to it yeah. when it yeah. was probably more right. more doable? Right, exactly. When, when there was actual, you know, money in the in the, in the the pot, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, it's – that to me is odd. You can text your thoughts on all of that. Uh, to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the big stories of the day through the Rush Hour reboot with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour reboot. Rush Hour reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning to you. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Emirata Mornings here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I am Sarah Cazell trying to manufacture the energy on this Monday morning with Dan Bickley. Hey. Vince Morata. Well, hello. Hello. And Jarrett Carlin. Keneal Harry. Yeah, Keneal Harry, yeah. Oh, no. Who was that? I didn't recognize the voice. All right, we are. I didn't either. Who said Keneal Harry? That, that, I don't. That was during the the draft. I don't remember. It was oh. Keneal Harry. From Ke- yeah, Keneal Harry. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Ke- Keneal Harry, I do believe. Um, he got hurt, right? Yeah. Yes. Might okay. be out for the year. Poor guy. We will see. Believed to be a severe ankle injury per my last sports update. Uh, We take you through the top stories of the day every single day at this time. And uh, we're going to get into that now, starting with the Arizona Cardinals as training camp rolls on. Bill Cower, the longtime NFL coach and Pro Football Hall of Famer, he says, leave Kyler Murray alone. He went on a podcast last week called The 33rd Team. And talked about Kyler Murray and the homework clause, of course, that went into his contract. 
caused a huge stir, and then the Cardinals took it out of his contract. Here's what he had to say about that. I think this has been an overstated um, thing, really, because I think that, number one, he wouldn't be out there being a starter quarterback uh, all year long if he wasn't preparing week in and week out. Um, and I think at the same time, I look at Kyler Murray, and he's one of those guys that improvisation is a part of his game. And sometimes the best thing he can do is not overthink it. Cower also looked back on his experience coaching Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers and how that experience applies to Kyler Murray. The guys that talented, like Ben was his first year, I didn't ask him to do a lot until he earned it. and he, he, he got into understanding it a little bit more. So I think, again, as Kyler goes on, he'll prepare. He'll see it more and more. He'll understand the National Football League and each opponent and what he has to do each week. And then he'll sit there and, and the coach will give him more based on how much they feel he can handle and how much it doesn't take away from his natural ability. Okay, so he's got plenty of trust in Kyler Murray, thinks he needs to be managed uh, accordingly, despite all of the criticism that has come his way. So what common criticism of the Cardinals quarterback do you think is most unfair to Kyler Murray? Probably, I mean, probably what we're going through, what we're talking about now is is his, his preparation. Do you think that's unfair? I, I mean, to the level that it's risen to now, that we talked about earlier, um, I, you know, th- that, that's where I went first. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that that we can deem as unfair just yet. I, I don't know uh, until there are actual yeah. results. The thing about okay, is he big enough? Can he see the field? I, I we don't know. Um, I don't know how to answer that, to be honest with you. I really don't. What about his sideline demeanor, which is a, a very common topic of conversation during the season? Is any of that criticism unfair? Or is that all warranted? No, see, and again, there, there have been people who have who've tried to defend him for that, but I think as a quarterback, you can't be that fatalistic and you can't be that negative all the time. And people are, well, Tom Brady lights up his teammates. Yeah, it's different when you're talking about a guy with multiple Super Bowl rings than yeah. you're talking about a guy who knows how to get there and who has done it. So so showing that kind of emotion, it, that's okay. If, if, if a guy has got the rings to back it up. Yeah, that, that, that's a good answer. I think the um, the body language issue. I, I I don't think that that is what it's been. Yeah, I think that's uh, good save, Sarah. That's, yeah. that, I think that's my answer. That's the body think, language issue. Yeah, but I don't think that's totally unfair because we've all seen examples of it. Right. But I also think we don't. There's not a camera on on Kyler Murray throughout the whole game. You see what a guy in a truck chooses for you to see. So yeah. um, that could be deemed a little bit unfair. But again, it, it, it's out there's more than enough examples for that to be somewhat warranted at this point. And maybe yeah. that's something with the new contract and this focus on uh, increased leadership. Maybe that's something that improves. We'll mm-hmm. see. And Justin Pugh said as much to your point, Vince, you know, there, there's a camera on Kyler Murray in very specific moments. Hey, if there were a camera on me every time, you know, that I messed up or I was ticked off, you'd probably think differently of me as well. So his, his his teammates are coming to his defense there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to last week on Friday, not too long after our show ended at 10 o'clock. Cliff Kingsbury told reporters that their running uh, running backs coach, James Saxon, had been placed on administrative leave. In case you somehow missed the news, on Thursday, a report from ESPN's Josh Weinfist pointed out that Saxon was charged with two counts of domestic battery back in May. The alleged incident happened May 7th. The charges against Saxon 
came down on May 25th, but it wasn't until last Friday, August 5th, that the Cardinals put Saxon on leave. So he continued working with the team for about three months until the report from ESPN came out. Here is Cliff Kingsbury on Friday saying that the team knew of the alleged incident when it happened. Um, rest for James, we knew when it happened. Okay, so it's hard to hear the question, but he's he's being asked, when did the Cardinals know about this? Mm-hmm. When it happened, Cliff Kingsbury says, your thoughts on how the Cardinals have handled this situation? It's uh, curious if you ask me, but I, but I do think that the Cardinals are being very open about that because I think, again, they deferred to the league and they looked to the league for what, what do we do about this? What, why they felt compelled to look to the league, I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe other than you know this being a longtime employee, a former player with a very clean record, suddenly has an incident and comes to the team and says, listen, I've got another side of the story. This is not... You know, this is not representative. And then maybe because of that, to not pass judgment of somebody on their coaching staff, they ask the league, well, how would you like us to handle this? So I I think this is um, I think they're very obviously deferring to the NFL on this. And, And again, I think the NFL has to answer to the fact that public relations drives their drives this policy, drives the, you know, the player discipline program. Yeah, if this story doesn't come out on Thursday night on ESPN.com. We don't know about it. We still don't know about it. And James Saxon probably is not on administrative leave because they had all that time to do it. So I think Bick's right on the money. The public relations aspect of all of it and, you know, focus on the NFL now. Uh, is the administrative leave uh, that James Saxon is on, is that a result of, of him doing wrong or him being found out doing the, wrong? And the NFL might have said, okay, well, he's going to go to court. He's going to fight this. Uh, let's go ahead and just keep it quiet and let him go. Let yeah. him see. And then wait until that happens. The next court date for James Saxon is August 25th. It's a it's a council's meeting where the <laughs> the respecting legal parties get involved mm-hmm. and, and talk it out. I don't know. It, it, to me, it's it. I, I guess I guess there's precedence for a team leaning on the NFL for guidance in this. But if I'm the NFL PA and I'm fighting the Deshaun Watson case, I'm going. See, yeah, this is what we mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two uh, two different groups. Yep, being treated very yep. differently. Two different ways. Yeah. All right, let's quickly zoom out on the NFC West. Matthew Stafford dealing with an elbow injury, which he calls irritating, uh, but says he is feeling better by the day and seemed actually just more irritated about all of the questions about his elbow rather than the injury itself. I'm just going through something that is irritating, you know, at the moment. Um, But I'm working through it. we got a great plan. I'm feeling stronger every time I come out here and throw. I don't know if... You guys were watching. Felt like I could make any throw I wanted to today, and just trying to be smart when I get those opportunities and make sure I can come out here, cut it loose, turn it loose, um, like I did today, um, and go from there. Okay, so the Super Bowl winning quarterback has his elbow issue. The Seattle Seahawks, the Russell Wilson-less Seattle Seahawks, are clearly in a rebuilding state with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. No Chris Carson at running back either after he uh, retired a week or so ago. The 49ers in their very weird in-between state with Jimmy Garoppolo supposedly on his way out and then Trey Lance taking over. And then we've got the Cardinals. Which NFC West team today has the most question marks going into the season? 
Uh, to me, it's the Seattle Seahawks because um, I, I think the 49ers have a very good roster. They've got a very good program going to the point where they've, you know, they've gone pretty far with Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, what, what they're doing in Seattle to me is the most what you're going to play Geno. You get, you're expecting to win with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. It's like you're choosing this. Yeah, yeah, this is a choice. Rank, ranking the four teams in the division in terms Please. of the most questions. Bix right, Seattle's one, Cardinals are two, San Francisco's three, and the Rams are not without question marks. Every every team's got them, but they're I, I think they're more in the clear than anybody else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Appreciate yeah. that. By the way, breaking news from Elliot Friedman with, I believe it's TSN, or mm-hmm. I don't know where he is anymore. He says that Lawson Krauss has signed a five-year extension with the Coyotes, average annual value of $4.3 million. There you go. Congrats to uh, Lawson Krauss. Back with the... Uh, back! Back with the pack, baby! Thank you. We're rebooted. Sarah Cazell, Rush Hour Thanks, Reboot every morning at 7.30. Coming up next, among those questions for the Arizona Cardinals, could one of them be offensive line? We'll get into the condition of the big boys up front. Next, Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo, afternoons, 2 till 6. Thinking about this from Kevin Durant's perspective, yeah, he probably did think it was going to be a lot easier than it was, but that's a two-sided street. He probably thought that the Nets would just give in to him and, oh, you're Kevin Durant, you want out, okay, we're going to trade you. He probably also thought that the Phoenix Suns would give up whatever they could to get him, and so far that hasn't happened. Burns and Gambo, afternoons 2-6. FM, Arizona's sports station. The leading home-selling program in America is right in our backyard here in the Valley. The leading home selling program in America is 72 sold. Sarah Cazell back with you again. And I am 0% surprised to hear that 72 sold was recently recognized as the leading home selling program in America because I am currently working with them to sell a home. It isn't my home. I'm not on that level yet, but I have gone through the process with 72 sold and my goodness, has it been impressive working with these people and how quickly they move to move your home. No daily showings ever when you sell with 72 sold. You get to choose your closing date whenever is best for you, whenever is best for your family. And when we talk about getting you a higher price, how's this for a higher price? An independent study recently done shows that the last nearly 6,000 sellers in Arizona who sold their home with 72 sold had an average median sale price of 11.2% over the MLS, an average median sale price of 11.2% over the MLS. When it comes to selling your home and the kind of money that's being moved in those deals, that is a huge chunk of change that goes right back to you just because you handed your home over to 72 sold. So you get a higher price, you avoid the inconveniences of selling your home, and they sell it quickly. That's a winning combination, at least in my eyes. So sell your home with 72 sold at 72sold.com. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot. A booster is given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Ace is continuing its proud partnership with the Phoenix Children's Hospital Giveathon Week happening live on KTAR and Arizona Sports August 15th through the 19th. Right now, you can round up your change at the register to help the kids at PCH. Visit this week so we can help even more kids. 
We're relieved to know this world-class hospital is in our own backyard. ACE is the place with exactly what you need, starting with help and hope for the kids of Phoenix Children's Hospital. Donate today for the kids of PCH. ACE is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Nate here, owner of Blue Sky Pest Control. We get it. Finding a scorpion in and around your home can be disturbing. Let one of our friendly technicians use our scientific approach to scorpion control and prevent that next spine-tingling encounter. Call Blue Sky Pest Control today for $50 off your initial pest control service when jumping on to any Blue Sky 365 pest control program. Go to BlueSkyPest.com or call 602-BLUE-SKY. Better technicians, better service. That's Blue Sky Pest Control. Are you sick and tired of that constant pain in your knees, hips, or back, especially this time of year? You need to be moving pain-free, right? QC Kinetics is helping people here every day, giving them lasting pain relief using the latest advances in regenerative medicine. The science is simple. They concentrate on your own body's healing agents and apply them to your aching joints, restoring and repairing damaged tissue with no drugs, no steroids, and no surgery. Listen, the old remedies for pain are not the only remedies. You need to learn more about how regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can change your life. Make this the last summer you suffer from chronic pain. They've got clinics here and all over America. This is the exciting new natural way to deal with joint pain with no side effects and no downtime. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation, 602-837-PAIN. That's 602-837-PAIN. 602-837-PAIN. QC Kinetics has locations in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Peoria, and Chandler. How well do algorithms answer your questions? Your specific query will be addressed with a pre-written standardized reply. Thank you, customer. When you need help with life's important decisions like life insurance, home and auto coverage, and even retirement planning, turn to Farm Bureau Financial Services, the people who rely on relationships, not robots, to help you make smart decisions. Find us at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with, with Bigley and Murata. Start with Josh Jones and Josh Miles. So they're both playing tackle. They're both uh, battling to be a, you know, the swing tackle. You know, DJ's cemented in, and, and so is Calvin Beecham. But uh, both those guys are doing a good job. Uh, really excited to get them. They're probably going to get most of the preseason work and uh, where they're out there on an island by themselves. So looking forward to seeing that. But they're taking progressive steps. I think we got a great mix of old. Uh, we got a, a, a group of, you know, like Will Hernandez and Josh Miles and Josh Jones, uh, Murray, in that medium range, and then we got some young guys. So uh, that's the goal, to get it all like that, and then just continue to keep that cycle going. And I think we got that in place. There you go. That's uh, Sean Kugler, the offensive line coach for the Arizona Cardinals, talking about the mix. Uh, I, I'm surprised he used the word old and not mm-hmm. veteran. <laughs> Normally you don't hear coaches describe their players as old, but you get what he's saying. Uh, and they're also saying that it'll be Jones and, and Miles getting a lot of the preseason work at tackle as they are competing for those swing tackle positions. You know, we just had a question in the Rush Hour reboot about question marks with the Cardinals and the other teams in the division. And I know we've, we've had discussions about the offensive line before, uh, but when you consider now uh, how Rodney Hudson has been handled in this preseason camp, mm-hmm. 
does the level of concern about the offensive line go up? And I know they're raving about Sean Harlow, uh, and here was, uh, you know, Sean Kugler talked about that over the weekend too, but. To me, the key to the offensive line is Rodney Hudson again. And right now, uh, and I, 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 like I said earlier, I think they're handling it correctly. But if he's not healthy, we saw it's a different team out there. Yeah, that's and again, I don't know how how unhealthy he can be because he really hasn't practiced a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So which makes me worried that it's it's some sort of uh, knee issue that he's been carrying with him for a while. Maybe. And, and I, I don't know. To, to me, I, I'm real curious to see just how good Will Hernandez is and how he blends with the this group and if if he can kind of you know lend a, a nasty physical side to this it, offensive lines are weird because there there have been some that have been absolutely tremendous and and kind of taken places in in NFL mythology like Mark Schlereth and the Hogs in Washington for instance and there have been examples the 90s like Cowboys the 90s Cowboys and that monstrously good offensive line Bill Belichick though won a bunch of Super Bowls with with good offensive line stocked with very smart players. Not necessarily all that athletic, but very smart and good and and all that kind of stuff. So there's there's a lot of ways to form a, a functioning offensive line. You just can't have one that's porous. You got to have one that can, can stand up to the point of attack. I was thinking about this. Adam Whitworth was talking over the weekend, uh, former Rams offensive lineman, and, and he might have had the worst job in sports for many years. He's the guy that had to block Aaron Donald in practice. <laughs> and, he, and he said Aaron Donald could just ru- – he would just routinely ruin practices because mm-hmm. nobody could block him, especially when you started putting in second stringers, right? Yeah. And, and so it, 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 this is what you have to do. You've got to be able to uh, – whether, whether you're a bunch of name guys or not, you've got to have the right mix of guys and the right kind of protection mentality because this is what they are. They're protectors. With all due respect to Whitworth's quote, um, I, I think others had it tougher. I'd rather block Aaron Donald in practice than I would on a Sunday. <laughs> right, but you, but but in practice, you got to do it five days or four days a week. That's that's true. That's, that's probably the day. But that, you're right, getting him on game day is probably a different animal. Yeah, when he actually is trying to to yeah. hurt people. <laughs> yeah. Well, from the from if you've seen some shots from Rams training camp, he had a guy in a chokehold on his own team. Did you see that oh, explanation yeah. too? Oh, he, yeah. he explained it, and then he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to demonstrate." Demonstrated on me, <laughs> right? right. That's right. Uh, you talked about Will Hernandez being mm-hmm. key. What what does he bring to this team? Sean Coogler, he uh, has experience with Will Hernandez from the college ranks, and, and talked about that very subject. Will brings physicality. Uh, you know, he's got a great football temperament. Uh, he's a very talented puller. You know, you always talk about pulling the trigger and running through contact. He he does that. You know, he tries to run through people. Uh, the room loves him. He's got a, you know he's got a great demeanor. They've already adopted him. He's a great fit for the room. Uh, I have a lot of experience uh, with him. I recruited him uh, when he was 17 years old, and I've known him ever since. And uh, he's a loyal kid. He's a hardworking kid. Nobody's going to outwork him. And uh, he brings a physical play demeanor uh, to that position. The nasty to him. He's got a lot of nasty to him. That's good to hear. Yeah. Well, and and that nasty. Th- if you see when you watch football games, when there's when there's tanglements between the defensive line and the offensive line, when a defensive player takes a liberty with somebody, you need that guy on the offensive line who basically acts like the enforcer. It's sort of like a hockey term, but there is a role for that on the offensive line. When you start dealing with defensive players who are taking too many liberties, mm-hmm. you got to have somebody who's going to step up and and get in somebody's face, get in in Aaron Donald's face. And I, I'm not sure. Justin Pugh even said last week that I'm glad I don't 
don't have to be that guy. Because Justin Pugh is a little light to be that guy. Will Hernandez is a big dude. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you mix the, the nastiness in, mm-hmm. and we've seen even some of that in camp. Uh, Will Hernandez himself spoke about some of that nastiness, some of the dust-ups in camp. What, what, what's behind all those? Uh, you know what? We just get bored out there, and sometimes we got to, like, you know, <laughs> have a little fun with it. But, no, we're all – at the end of the day, we're all brothers here. We all love each other, and we're all um, – we all have the same goal in, in mind, uh, which is to win, and we're doing that by getting each other better. But when, when you get into one of those dust-ups with J.J. Watt, people notice, and he was asked, hey, what did you say to 99 during that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, we just – we just go out there, have a little fun, and, you know, ask each other how our days are going. Meanwhile, too, <laughs> uh, it's not as violent as you think. <laughs> so what did you say to J.J. in that scuffle? Uh, I mean, we, we, we really didn't say much, you know. I, I, I love you might have been thrown in there, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, and again, I, it's it's a stupid little anecdote. It's a stupid little training camp uh, scuffle. But I I love the fact that he is just he was so nonplussed by the fact that it was JJ Watt. That's good. Yeah, that's that's a sign of a guy who's kind of comfortable in his own feet. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also talked one more from Will Hernandez about uh, you know what his goal is. He does not want to disappoint his position coach. Pretty cool. It's something that doesn't really happen, you know. So. Um, in a way, you know, it, it brings us even closer. And my mentality is, you know, he he's the reason why I'm here. Um, I don't want to let him down. I want to play as hard as I ever played, uh, be attention, uh, have the attention detail, and be as focused as I ever have. One for him, one for me, and one for this team. Yeah. Uh, I think the attitude is yeah. all there. Yep. And when you hear it's no mixed doubt. with nastiness, that's a good thing for the Cardinals. Uh, coming up next, we've hit the halfway Ooh. mark of the Monday show. Bick's got the blast straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.